Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hello, friends. It's Sunday. Happy Sunday. Declan Goff here for another edition of Vikings Ventline. We're going to have our three guests, Alex, Aaron, and Ryan, uh, join the show here to break down three big questions surrounding the Vikings offseason. Uh, yeah, we brought Vikings Ventline back. We know we've been doing this after every Vikings game throughout the 2020 year with Mackie and Judd and myself. We've kind of changed things up a little bit for this year. So we're going to do an off-season vent line. Every Sunday evening, uh, I'm going to bring on three Vikings guests. We're going to go around the horn. We're going to make this basically a diet around the horn kind of show like ESPN and Tony Reale does. I, I'm half the man, maybe even a fourth the man Tony Reale does, but he can't kill Corona Hard Seltzers like I do. So at least I have that on him. At the same time, we're going to get three Vikings fans on each week uh, to break down some takes. And if you want to get on in on the show uh, for future weeks, please send me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Uh, we already have a running queue of, of, of listeners who want to get on the show, just like we do with Write That Down on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. We'll get you right in the spots. We'll be able to get you on. We'll have... Have you be able to come on and crush some Corona hard seltzers and give some Vikings takes? That's basically what we do here. Um, yeah, Alex, Aaron, and Ryan are going to be our three guests to start this evening. And obviously, Vikings Vent Line is sponsored by Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Vibes. I'm rocking the lime flavor today. It's a Sunday. It's like 40 degrees here in Minnesota. Uh, so this has been awesome. So I love this weather. But we got Alex, who is in Texas. Aaron, who's in Georgia. I believe my man Ryan's in Minnesota. I'm not 100% on that. We'll get him on to make sure uh, to validate that. But we got people represented all around um, Skull Nation here, if you will, for the Vikings vent line on Score North. If this is the first time you're discovering us, thank you. Um, Please subscribe to our podcast here. Hit that subscribe button on Purple Daily. We also have a second channel, uh, Score North MN, where you can find takes not not just on the Vikings, but on the Timberwolves, the Wild, the Twins, um, all encompassing, even rom-com rewinds. We have pivoted to that even on Mackie and Judd. So make sure you find that Apple, Spotify, Score North, and on YouTube. Well, let's waste no time here. I'm going to bring on our three guests. This is Alex, Aaron, and Ryan, and we're all going to break down some Vikings takes. Dudes, thank you very much for joining us on this Sunday evening. I was talking to you guys off the screen before we started. When Even when the Super Bowl ends, the offseason never sleeps for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. Even with this reckless quarterback speculation that we claim that some people at Score North are pivoting to. No, no, no. This is the fun conversation. I'm glad to have you guys on. Um, So this is going to be a fun little conversation. We're going to go around with three questions. I'm going to start with my guy Alex in Texas. And our first question right off the bat, the Vikings hold the 14th overall pick in this year's NFL draft. They're in that little bit of a no-man's land spot. They don't have a second-round pick. 
Obviously, everyone wants to get an offensive lineman or a guard to solidify the line. At the same time, it's another wide receiver-heavy draft. You go three deep. But I want to base this question first on the offensive line talk since everyone always wants to talk about offensive line play. They don't want to talk about quarterback trades. Let's just go meat and potatoes offensive line. So, Alex, I'm going to ask you, and then we'll go to Aaron, and then we'll go to Ryan. Would you rather the Vikings trade their first-round pick for an established offensive tackle right now, or would you rather them keep it and make it on whatever they want it to be? I think that all depends on what they do with Reef, because the tackles are not the weakest part of the offensive line. It's the you know interior, which is awful. But if they don't, if they don't, uh, if they release Reef, if they can get someone uh, like the guy from Baltimore, uh, gosh, I just dropped a blank. Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown. If they can get someone like him, and I, and they can move around the offensive line a little bit and move people into better position. I'm all for it. I we love need it. to, because we need to, because I don't think Kurt, uh, I want to lead into the next question, but there's a certain position I don't really think is that much of a problem that everybody is making it out to be. Um, basically, what they need to do is they need to sit down at the table, the Wills, Zimmer, offensive line coach, Riley Reef, they need to sit around the table, each have a Corona hard seltzer and decide That's what right. they want to do. I love it. I, I don't know why Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer just don't sit down. I know, I know that uh, Zimmer's a big wine guy. Myself, I can't do wine. This is not my cup of tea. That's why I like my seltzers. Uh, but my man, Aaron, what do you think? Should the Vikings trade that first-round pick for an established offensive lineman right now, or would you rather see them keep it? It's funny you say I actually got the same Corona Hot Seltzer we're drinking. My man. Tropical lime, man. Boy, I love it. Match made in heaven, right? <laughs> but if I was the Minnesota Vikings, actually, like, like Alex said, I think it depends on what you do with Riley Reef. Are you willing to extend him? Are you going to? Because uh, I know he's got a what a twelve million dollar cap hit. And I mean, Riley Reef played well, and he knows the system. He knows the scheme. If I was the Vikings, I would want to keep a Riley Reef as opposed to trading for an Orlando Brown, which I know he wants to be the left tackle. He played what ten games for the Baltimore Ravens as a left tackle. So I don't know if there's enough sample size to warrant giving up our 14th pick for orlando brown jr mm-hmm. per se can he run black does he fit the scheme and also he's got one year left on his contract so he's also going to be looking for a massive extension he's what 24 years old can rick spielman uh agree to get first you have to get him to agree to an extension before you trade him and me personally speaking if i'm rick spielman not having the second round pick i would rather keep the number 14 pick just because there's other glaring needs this team needs to to fill like you need a white like let's just say number 14 what Jalen Waddle falls to Devontae Smith a Kyle Pitts maybe you can trade back 14 and get maybe number 20 recoup a second round pick and you know make up for that second round pick I just think that number 14 pick is just holds more value and you'll have a rookie contract scale a uh, rookie scale contract for the next five years I personally if I was Rick Spielman I would keep the number 14 pick just because our tag like I said our tackles were not our weakness Brian O'Neill, Riley Reef, they were they played exceptionally. Even if you get Riley Reef, what are you gonna do with Ezra Cleveland? You drafted Ezra Cleveland to supposedly be the left tackle of the future. I mean, I, do you have any plans for him at left tackle? You're gonna keep him at guard. So if I'm Rick Spielman, that number 14 pick just ha- holds more value to me than trading for a left tackle. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think the first two Vikings fans here and Alex, obviously, and Aaron say, you know, you got to keep that pick. It's a wide receiver heavy draft. Do you want to go three deep, bring back that Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed situation? 
And at the same time, you have a bunch of Vikings fans who also say, well, you have to fix the offensive line off. If you give Kirk a chance, he can cook. All right. So if you want to do that, let's trade that first over first 14th overall pick for an established offensive tackle and just do that. Or does it hold more merit looking for a skill position player to give him another weapon? So we have two guys who are saying I'd rather keep that pick or trade down. Ryan, what do you say? Do you think the Vikings should keep that 14th overall pick? Or is there an offensive lineman that you would like to see them grab uh, to use as leverage with the 14th overall pick? I would definitely keep the pick. Because one, you go, you know, Darasaw, honestly, a Slater will fall to a spot. You have options for a rookie, you know, so then you have some, like, you know, five years on a small deal. Also, you have if you lose Reese, you can move him over to a tackle. And at that point, you know, then it's into your guards aren't really worth, you know, trading a first-round pick for. You can find most, you know, second, third round. And also, like, Parsons could fall. Um, Arthur Smith could fall, you know. Maybe, like, Sir Tank, obviously Zimmer always gets his, his you know, cornerback guy. So I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can go with 14 versus trading it. And at that point, you know, I'm not sure if they're in ever win that mode. I, I, I know they're trying to... I know they're trying to win now. I just don't know if, if they're there yet. I think it's a lot more value for the team to have that pick. So you have, you know, different options on draft night. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because obviously you want to see Kirk Cousins get better protection. I think all of, everyone here made a good point that it's not the tackles that are the problem. It's the interior and the guards that are the problem. Um, and last year, obviously, Dakota Dozier was just abysmal. You had guys roading in like Drew Samia and, and Pat Alfine, who was cut before the season started, essentially. You needed better interior play. At the same time, the 14th overall pick, the 14th best player that you could take out of the out of the draft, should probably go to something that's more important. Maybe that is a wide receiver. Maybe that is another cornerback. And hell, maybe it's even a defensive end. Obviously, the Vikings defensive line was abysmal last year, too. So I, I think everyone here made good points that it, it's more value to keep that 14th overall pick and or trade down instead of just flipping it right away for a first-round pick. I think everyone here nailed it out of there. Let's go to this second question here. So. 2018 to 2020, we have had one playoff uh, appearance under the Kirk Cousins era, if you will. Obviously, the 2017 was a magical carpet ride with Case Keenum. Look, he was the one-night stand he just couldn't commit to. I completely get it. But at the same time, you went and got out Kirk Cousins. That was the guy you wanted to engage. That was the person that you wanted to build this relationship with, right? And at the same time, through three seasons, they've only been to the playoffs once. They've been basically a 500 football team over the three seasons. So Kirk Cousins gets a lot of the blame because he is the quarterback and he's the focal point of the offense. At the same time, Rick Spielman was the one who signed to a contract. Rick Spielman's the one who's maybe neglected the offensive line if you want to take that route. So I want to know, we'll start with Alex, who is more to blame over the last three seasons? Is it Kirk Cousins or is it Rick Spielman? I'm going to, even though I like them both, I'm going to lean towards Spielman because of the offensive line issues. I saw a stat the other day where if the Vikings had close to anywhere near the same defense that they had um, in 2017 when Keenan was a quarterback, the Vikings go 14-2 and last year. And Kirk Cousins also had uh, six times this last year where they were down by or down in the fourth quarter. He gave them the winning touchdown and the defense uh, lost the lead for them. So I don't think quarterback is as big as issue as everybody's making it out to be. Is he a top five quarterback? Is he in the same league as – you know, a Russell Wilson, a Patrick Mahomes, or the GOAT, Tom Brady? No. But the Vikings can win, can win with him. I don't know if Rick Spielman can get the players that he needs. Um, I think all the good defensive players that we have are Mike Zimmer. And I think 
I don't want to say he got lucky with JJ, but he got lucky with JJ. Because um, if you look at his other picks, Greg Bradbury, great rookie year, falling off the map. Pat Affline, great rookie year, falling off the map. So all of his offensive players really are not performing to where they should. So I, I would definitely lean more towards Spielman than Cousins. Yeah, it's a good point. Before I get into Aaron here, I, I think that, yes, there is some luck involved, obviously, with falling Justin Jefferson all the way to 22. He ends up being the rookie of the year. He breaks all these wide receiver records. I think the issue with Spielman is he's always found great depth players. He's been able to find players outside the first round. Obviously, we've seen Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendrick, Stefan Diggs even. There's been a bunch of players after round one that he's been able to find hidden gems with. But, you I mean, you look at the few last few first-round picks. I mean, Laquan Treadwell, Mike Hughes, you didn't have one for Sam Bradford. First-round pick's obviously the most valuable selection. And if you're not going to put – if you're not going to nail that first-round pick, it can put a pretty big black eye, obviously, on you as a general manager and as a talent evaluator. So, Aaron, what do you think? Over the last three seasons, who is more to blame? Is it Kirk Cousins or is it Rick Spielman? Oh, you definitely got to blame the guy that signs uh, the right, the hands out the contracts. It's Rick Spielman. I think Rick Spielman has done a poor job in protecting Kirk Cousins and investing in the offensive line. I mean, Kirk Cousins, you go sign Kirk Cousins. Let's just say I would like to compare Kirk Cousins. It's like buying a Mercedes Benz and having liability insurance. Sure, it protects you somewhat, but are you truly protected? I mean, the year that they signed Kirk Cousins, what are the, the, the um, that same offseason, if you forget that 2017 season, we lost Joe Burchard injury. I mean, or to retirement, I'm sorry. Pat Offline breaks his ankle in the NFC Championship game. You lose Nick Easton. And then once you sign Kirk Cousins, what do you go and do with the 30th pick? Knowing you need a guard, knowing Will Hernandez was on the board, you go and sign uh, a draft, uh, a corner in Mike Hughes, in which you were coming off of this year where you were already the number one ranked defense, had the best pass defense. You didn't need another corner. Sure. It was nice. I guess you needed another return, but you needed the interior of the offensive line. And then also the following season, you draft an undersized center in Garrett Bradbury. Who's, I guess he's a good run blocker, but he can't pass protect. And then you sign Josh Klein, which is a good pickup. And then what do you do the next offseason? You cut him for to save, what, a bag of chips to save five cents a yeah. gallon on gas? Whatever they saved. I don't know what he saved. You, saw, you One of your best interior, and then you replace him with, Pat Elfline, who was terrible as a left guard. And what do you do? Oh, let's move him to right guard and think he's going to be any better. No. And then you replace him with a Dakota Dozier, who's, I think, a fire hydrant could block better than Dakota <laughs> Dozier. I'm sure the guy's a good guy. I'm sure he's a you know, a friendly guy. But he can't pass protect worth a, worth a, a lick. It's got to be Rick Spillman. He, does, he, has to inv- he didn't invest in the interior offensive line. Sure, you had Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. What does he do this offseason? He trades the other wide receiver we had in Stephon Diggs, which hurts the quarterback. You got lucky with Justin Jefferson, sure. But I just got to blame Rick Spielman just because where he allocates the money, spends extra money on the defense when you know it's the interior of the offensive line. You know you signed a pocket quarterback. It's not like you signed uh, Michael Vick where you know he can escape pressure because he's athletic. I blame Rick Spielman just because he just ignored the interior of the offensive line. I'm not saying he ignored the offensive line, but he ignored the interior. And that's where Rick, uh, Kirk Cousins needs his most protection because he sits in the pocket. His pocket yeah, quarterback. Aaron, it's, it's a good point that I think he's definitely tried to figure out 
free agency and draft. How can I fix this line? You sign Riley Reef. Um, you were able to to figure out some guard play with Josh Klein, but then you cut him after year one. You're up against the salary cap, so you're trying to bring in Michael Pierce as well. You sign Mike Remmers to a big deal. You cut bait on him early as well. It's not that he hasn't tried. It's just that the evaluation of the talent that he's tried to bring in is maybe not to come to fruition. So then when you have to play Dakota Dozier at guard or even Drew Samia, who was, I mean, a fourth-round pick, but at the same time expecting to be better, you're drafting these guys at the spot, and you're trusting that your scouts and you as a general manager have the right pieces in place, and you everything has just worked completely against him, whether it's the logic of, of what he thinks is the best for the offensive line or the salary cap. The Josh Klein point's an interesting point. I don't think Josh Klein was a world beater by any means, yeah. but y- you just cut him after one year, and you replace him with Dakota Dozier, and my God, the evidence is right in the field that I think Josh Klein would have been, even if you want to call it a, a slight upgrade, would have been massive would have made a massive difference on the offensive line compared to what Dakota Dozier was able to do. So Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. Is is Rick Spielman more to blame uh for the last three seasons or is does it fall on the quarterback Kirk Cousins? Because a quarterback has to make up for these deficiencies. Where do you fall here? I have to go with Rick too. And I, I don't want to give Kirk, you know, a break because he can definitely do more to help the team win. But, you know, Rick should know that Kirk is not that elevator of a QB. He won't make the whole team better. When you see his play in Washington, you have to know, all right, this guy will not use his legs to, to extend plays and make plays. And you take that going into the draft, and you you don't, like, neglect the old line. But you take Bradbury, Elf line, these lightweight linemen that can, oh, yeah, they can reach the second level. That's all great, you know, for, for the running game. But in the passing game, this get pushed around, just making you know reverse pancake blocks against DeForest Buckner against the Colts. Like they cannot hold their own for a style two seconds, you know. And say, oh well, Dalvin Cook has you know you know how many thousand yards you know these past couple of years. So I'm sure he could play just as good with you know a power O O line. Kirk cannot play as good with this kind of O line. So if you gave him you know like a like a Raiders O line. He'd be a lot better. He'd have time, or even like San Fran, which is why you know he probably won't get traded to San Fran, but he'd have time to make plays. And we have better weapons, you know. Obviously, they have Kittle, they got Debo, but you know, if if he had more time to make plays, and that falls on Rick for you know not drafting, you know, pass blocking O line, you know, taking you know running O line when we really don't need that, especially when it's a passing league and you really make a run first O line. It, it, it just it was never going to fit, and that's why I'm confused. It was his choice to sign Cousins. He didn't, he didn't you know, go into Abbott. In fact, he wanted to get Cousins, and he still built the old line the way he did. So to me, it, just, it was complete, you know, it was backwards. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy to think that if you knew you were signing Kirk Cousins and you weren't going to address the offensive line, a guy who can't extend plays, who can't move with his feet, then why would you basically put guys like Dakota Dozier and Drew Samia around him? And I think a lot of people here who consume our podcast and a lot of people see us on Twitter look at Score North and Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. I'm going to put Mackie and Judd, not myself. Mackie and Judd as the blamers of Kirk Cousins for all these problems. At the same time, Rick Spielman deserves blame too, and I think that's the point we're also trying to make. It's not all on Cousins by any means. Yes, I'd like to see a quarterback overcome his deficiencies, and if he's paid like this, I want to see him be able to do that. At the same time, What the hell is he supposed to do when guys like Dakota Dozier are giving him absolutely no time to make a play and Rick Spielman has neglected that interior line play? And I think both both the criticism can fall on guys like Kirk Cousins and Rick Spielman, who has not done by far enough 
to protect Kirk Cousins. And and the and what Gary Kubiak's been able to do with his guard play, and obviously you want to be a run-first team, but then you have weapons. You guys said it. You guys have said it too. Ryan made a good point. San Fran might have a better line, but Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, the weapons are here. So if Kirk Cousins really wants to be able to do it, he's going to need a little bit better protection on the line. I don't want them to get into a habit where they're just running out first round picks on offensive guards and reaching for Bradbury's like they did two years ago. At the same time, you can't put Dakota Dozier around him and expect the offense to be as successful as it can be. Um, Let me add a point. Go for it. And we also have, what about Brett Jones? Brett Jones is one of our highest graded PFF graded offensive linemen. How come he doesn't play? What, why, what is the reason why they don't play him? I mean, you traded a seventh-round pick for him back in 2018. Why couldn't you played him at center? That's his natural position. Why did you have to reach for a Garrett Bradbury when you had a Brett Jones? And even then, you know Dakota Dozier is terrible. Why not play Brett Jones? Like, What, what has Brett Jones done to Mike Zimmer to the where he doesn't want to be on the field? And yeah, what, about I, some, what about some of the late draft picks from last year? Like why Dakota Dozier was so bad that I think a high school card could have done better than he did. <laughs> Why couldn't they play Hinton or Odie or, Udo. you know, yeah, Udo, somebody other than Dakota Dozier. I, as a, someone who played DT in high school and college, I was watching the film on him. I'm like, my God, I can, my 40 year old out of shape, but can beat him right now. I mean, I'm over exaggerating, obviously, but it's, I mean, that's how bad he was. He was one of the, he, I think he was the worst rated offensive lineman. In like the last four years by PFF. And second was Drew Samia, who's also on yeah. our roster. Well, Drew Samia is a rookie, so <laughs> Drew Samia is younger, so it's a little bit more understandable with him. Dakota yeah, Dakota yeah. was was brought in from the Jets because of someone on the Vikings staff, I think. Dennison, Rick Dennison. Yeah. yeah. So what about Rick Dennison? How much blame does he deserve? Right. Yeah, that, that's where the pie chart of blame uh, has to fall. Is it all on Kirk Cousins? No, it definitely falls on Rick Spiona. It definitely falls on the talent and evaluation that you have to figure out in the draft or free agency that you want to make your offensive line better. And unfortunately, the uh, not the Wild, the Vikings haven't been able to do that. I, w- I thought center, and I heard offensive line, and then I thought the Minnesota Wild was center. So I, I so center issues are, are an issue for the Wild. That's on another podcast, but they're playing well right now. So Number one seed in the West. Thank God the that wild. we don't have a Wild event line yet. But at the same time, <laughs> yes, it's been great to see the Wild play very, very well. Uh, boys, this is, this is more of a reckless speculation. Last topic I want to close with here. And look, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson have voiced their opinions here. Deshaun Watson, and the, or at least the Texans, I should say, claim they're not going to trade this guy. Uh, well, either he's not going to play for you, you probably should have to trade him. Russell Wilson says, no, I'm committed to this marriage, but if four of these eligible bachelors and the Bears and whomever come up and say, I want to play for me, or I want to play, I want to acquire you, then yes, I'll go play for them. So let's throw out this reckless speculation here. Would you rather trade three first-round picks, and and, and you can spread them out, whether it's every other year or three in a row, I don't care how you want to do it. Would you rather trade three first-round picks for Russell Wilson or would you rather trade four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson? The difference in age here is about eight years, but the salary cap is going to be basically about the same with how they're paid in future seasons. So we'll start with Alex. Would you rather trade three first-round picks for Russell Wilson or four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson? I would do the Herschel Walker trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, when, other than Tarkington, what other quarterback is the Vikings franchise had that's been great? I mean, Dante? we're talking about, we're talking about maybe? 
Oh, you throwing Culpepper? I'm, I mean, Culpepper was awesome, but I liked Culpepper, but he was not in the same class as Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And for a South Carolina person, that's hard for me to say because he went to Clemson. <laughs> but Deshaun Watson is by far and away, he would he would do so much for, for Minnesota. Yeah, the offensive line is bad, but other than that, the defense was young. The defense is not that bad a position. The rest of the team is not in as bad a position as the Texans are. Yeah, the offensive line is bad, which is one of the reasons why he wants to leave the Texans. But we can we can work on that for you because the rest of the team is not bad. You don't have – we didn't get rid of your best receiver for uh, Joey Joey in a bag of donuts like they did with uh, D-Hop. So you, you have more weapons here. The offensive line is a little bit better, and your, your defense, while not – is not great. It will be above. We'll be in the middle of the road next year, I believe. So yeah, I say let's 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 do the Herschel Walker trade for uh, for Deshaun Watson. As far as Russell Wilson goes, I would probably do two first round picks for him. I don't know if I'd go with three because he is because of his age. You know, he is almost he's at that thirty, the thirty three and thirty four age. I mean, not everybody's Tom Brady where you can play to your forty five. Uh, Drew Brees fell off a cliff the last two years, so. So yeah, I would definitely, I would do whatever we could to do to get Deshaun Watson. He Aaron, would make the team so much better. Aaron, what do you think? Would you rather do the four for Deshaun? Would you do the three for Russell Wilson? What would you rather do? I would trade four first round picks for Deshaun Watson, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't even think about those picks ever again. If the Texans just say, "Hey, we'll give you Deshaun Watson for four, I might even do five, because Deshaun Watson is a transcending quarterback who's also only twenty five years old. So you know he can be a franchise quarterback for the next ten plus years. And also, think about it. Looking back into the Vikings' last four first round picks, excluding Justin Jefferson, because we got Justin Jefferson because we traded. Uh, Buffalo Bills to get uh, for Stephon Diggs. So when you look at our four first round picks, was it Laquan Treadwell, Mike Hughes, yep, Garrett Bradbury, and Jeff Gladney? Would you trade those four first round picks for Deshaun Watson? Those four players for Deshaun Watson? Eight days a week. I think the Texans GM might be arrested if he made a trade like that. <laughs> the NFL might pursue charges to the Houston Texans if they ever made a trade like that. And also with Russell Wilson, he's 32, 33 years old. He's also a mobile quarterback. As they get older, will he still have the same legs to escape pressure? I, and you know, if you trade those four first-round picks, you're expecting to have a competitive team that's going to be a Super Bowl contender. So you're looking at picks that might be in the late 20, hopefully 28, 29, 30 range and my uh rick spielman is known to be he's not known to be able to hit his first round pick so he's a guy that can hit the second third fourth fifth round picks so if he can still have those picks to draft you know to fill out the roster you know you'll have free agents that's going to want to hey the vikings have deshaun watson justin jefferson adam thielen irv smith and dalvin cook yeah sign me up just like what tampa bay did and got those free agents guys would want to come here and want to play here i would definitely trade four first-round picks, I wouldn't even look back. I wouldn't even regret him one bit. Aaron, I think you bring a good point because Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network uh, joined us, joined Judd and myself a couple weeks ago and said the same thing. Look, four first-round picks on the table sounds like a lot, but go, go look back at any franchise, whether it's whether you, I don't know, are, are the Patriots or, or the Vikings or, whoever, or the Packers. Look at your last four, four first-round picks from any of your favorite NFL franchise. Odds are... The majority of them, i.e. two of the four, are probably either in the bust or they didn't earn a second cat contract category. 
So yes, it, it sounds like a lot because you're looking ahead and you're like, well, I can't do that. But look in the past. Look where you're able to give up in the fir- what did you draft in the first round from the start? And if you look at it that way, yes, would you give up Jeff Gladney and Mike Hughes and Garrett Bradbury to land Deshaun Watson? Yes, you absolutely yeah. would. Ryan, what do you think though? Would you rather do three first round picks for Russell Wilson or would you rather do the four for the younger and Deshaun Watson? I mean, option three, Teddy's out there, you know. Yes. I don't want Please, oh, I don't love it. Me with Teddy Bridgewater. I love it. Longer. Do not get me with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Ryan, you just jumped the shark. Yes. Go for it, dude. Tell me why you'd rather go with Teddy. Go for it. The floor is yours. I mean, not actually, but I'll make the case. Um, speaking of, like, like not putting like, the emotional aside, I remember, you know, I remember in that preseason game, like week three, he was there playing like the Chargers. I remember he put the move on someone and like ran to 20 yards. Like he was going to be the next, you know, top 10, you know, young QB. So my heart was in Teddy the whole time. And this, it was just crazy. But actually, I'd probably go with Watson just because of the age gap. I mean, Wilson and Watson are pretty, you know, pretty even, pretty equal with their play. And so obviously, you know, one more pick for, you know, probably more years of play from your QB is definitely worth it. I don't know how more years you're going to get from Russ, um, but because Watson is eight years older, definitely Watson is better value. You'll, you'll, you'll have him you know, for the long haul. Yeah, I, I think they're all, all good points to make because Deshaun Watson is so much younger and Russell Wilson, although he is mobile, he also can basically cause a lot of panic and he can put a lot of self-induced pressures on his own self. And I know he's been running for his life in Seattle just like, uh, Kirk Cousins mostly has, but Russell can extend plays. At the same time, Deshaun Watson is a cornerstone. I mean, I mean, yes, both Watson and Deshaun are in the same tier, I think. Obviously, tier one, top five quarterbacks, but you know where Deshaun Watson is heading, and you might be seeing a ceiling as it is with Russell Wilson. Tom Brady's the exception. I know every, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees, in my opinion, hit a complete wall last season. He's not the same quarterback that he was two or three years ago. Um, Tom Brady's just a cyborg, and until he basically leaves this earth from us, um, I'm not going to believe that he can't play quarterback. So Deshaun Watson, probably the more uh, accurate one there to go with in, in, compared to Russell Wilson. Boys, all great points, and we have even a dog barking back. Alex, is that your dog? Is the dog? Yeah, I have a puppy. He's trying to get on the bed line. I a, no, I have a puppy and a 10-year-old dog, and the puppy is always aggravating the older dog. So. so so it's uh so the he's who is he he's the Vikings fans who are complaining about the offensive line when when at the same time you're like no it's Kirk Cousins and the dogs like no 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 I it's it's not this guy's fault it's this person's fault. Well, I thought his name is actually named JJ because my wife is a Texans fan. She named him after oh. JJ Watt. Oh, I like to say it's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I'm about to say I think there's a good uh, little compromise <laughs> in the middle of there. I like it. I like it, boys. All great points. Um, Vikings vent line, a, a, a fun little show here. We're rolling on Score North on our YouTube channel, also on our podcast feeds on Apple, Spotify, and at ScoreNorth.com. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, we also have a second channel on Score North MN where you can find takes on the Timberwolves and the Wild and the Twins and other NFL and Vikings takes from Mackie and Judd as well. Uh, but I, I do award a winner after all after for, for this show, just like they do went around the horn. So I'm going to give the uh, this basically great universal title belt to my main man, Aaron. Aaron, you are the oh, winner oh. of Vikings vent line here. What do you got for us? Give me 60 seconds. Well, my 60 seconds, I think this season's going to be 
the most crucial offseason for the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's going to come to well, where where is this philosophy of this team is going to head? Are they going to try to put all their eggs in the in the basket and go for the Super Bowl, or are they going to try to rebuild and hopefully build a team in three years? I personally don't think the Wilfs are going to give Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman a, another year. If this team is not at minimum in the NFC Championship game, I think the Wilfs should have Lewis Riddick's phone number in their phone save just in case Rick Spielman does not fix this offensive line and this team is not competing for a Super Bowl because we definitely – the NFC is wide open. I mean, who thought half the teams that are make the Super Bowl, the 49ers, the Eagles, the uh, Buccaneers, who thought they'd be Super Bowl contenders? To say that you can't build a Super Bowl team in one offseason is ludicrous. I think this team should be in the conversation to be competing for the Super Bowl. Oh, my, my God. Lewis Riddick. A- Lewis Riddick, I love that I, juicy piece of reckless speculation right there, Aaron. Yes. You may have just fueled an entire week of content on Score North with that possible that train. If Rick Spielman there does not get his act together, the Wilfs should inquire, get a hold of ESPN and get Lewis Riddick's phone number. And, and he Eric should be B- a candidate B- to be our general manager. And a new and Eric Bieniemy. So you're so saying you make the call. You, you make, make the call. The call. You make Rick, the call. Whatever it takes to get this team. The Wilfs did not build a billion-dollar stadium, a half a billion-dollar training facility just to go eight and eight, nine and seven every year. They want. They want to be in the Jerry Jones conversation. They that's want we, to be in those. That's where the Vikings fans should be. Stop being complacent with nine no. and seven and ten and six. If you got to be bad for a while, you got to be bad for a while. If you got to get the right picks, you make it happen. The Vikings aren't a dumpster fire. They're arguably the most successful NFL franchise to not have a Super Bowl championship. When you so think I, about it, the two yeah. of the last three teams that were in the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were seven and nine. Yeah. And the Bucks have the worst winning percentage of any of any professional franchise. And they have two Super Bowls, sport. and they have two. Isn't it great? I'd rather be in Tampa than Minnesota in that situation. Oh, yeah, exactly. For God's <laughs> sakes, the the Carolina Panthers have been to two Super Bowls in the last twenty years. Carolina I mean, can, can you just can you just get the to the Cardinals. dance? I'll get my heart ripped out if you get to the dance. Like, can can I just see one NFC Championship game? I've seen four that I've gone just completely away in my twenty eight years. Just get to the dance. Me too. Come on, yeah. Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, and you can't figure out with someone on like Kirk Cousins to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't know how old you. Yeah, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm no Alex. You're old. Yeah, me and you. Yeah, I'm. Um, since '77, I've been a Vikings. Well, I'm 30. I remember '98, and I remember the excitement yeah. around Minneapolis. I remember the radio stations used to have a "Welcome to Miami" song. The city used to be purple. I remember that. I want to get to that point where we get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, they've been to eleven NFC Championship games and they've lost their last to seven. Yeah, seven in a row in the conference championship game losses for your I mean, Minnesota that's Vikings. Gotta be, that's got to be a record or something. I mean, gotta I, be. I, but at the Buffalo. same time, at the same time, we're too negative on Kirk. It's it, it's, oh. it's all it, it, we're too negative. Boys, Alex, Aaron, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on Vikings Vent Line. If you are discovering us, please, and you want to get in on the show for future Sundays, shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We got a spreadsheet. We got openings ready to go in the next coming months leading up to uh, the NFL draft and then also in the offseason as well. This will be a continuing segment. Obviously, Vikings Vent Line happened after every game with Mackie and Judd. I can say Mackie and Judd will join every once in a while at the same time. This isn't their show. This one's mine. This is my show. They, They have their own show. They, th- these self-induced guys have their own last names on their own show, okay? No, this is Vikings Vent Line. I'm not going to put a Declan. I'm not going to put a Goff on it quite yet. 
Maybe I will. At the same time, this is a show for you, the Vikings fan. So if you want to get in on this show, please email me, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll get you on. If you're discovering us for the first time on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit the subscribe button on our second YouTube channel. That's Score North MN. And if you're a podcast person, five stars on Apple go a long way. Please rate and review. For Alex, for Aaron, for Ryan, I'm Declan Goff. Thank you for joining us on Vikings Ventline. We'll see you next Sunday. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.